0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business
0: icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. we <sighs> Hey there, everybody, and welcome to SB Nation's National League Playoff Preview brought to you by T-Mobile. I'm John Stolness from the Phillies site, The Good Fight. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolnes. And, and coming up, we have got your National League Playoff Preview. Uh, we're going to talk about all the teams that are left in the tournament here as we uh, have a hunt for the pennant now, as uh, the regular 162-game regular season is now in the books. And I've got a couple of great guests joining me to break down everything coming up. In the National League playoffs, we're going to start off Brady Klopfer from SB Nations Giant site, McCubby Chronicles. Follow him on Twitter at Brady Klopfer NBA. Brady, how's it going, buddy? Congrats on your Giants, man.
1: Thank you. It's 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 going as well as uh, one would expect for someone who covers a 107 win team and that was supposed to win about 77, not 107. So, 100. Happy to be here. I mean,
0: yeah, we're going to get into that because, I mean, uh, there—that that is an incredible story and in, in probably maybe the story in Major League Baseball this year is what the Giants did. And um, as the as the top seed in the National League playoffs, we're going to get into all that coming up here in just a minute. I'm also uh, joined by Chris Willis from SB Nation's Brave site, Talking Chop. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Willis. Chris, how's it going, buddy? Congrats to you on your big NL East win over my fills.
2: Uh, I appreciate it, John. Um, it's going good uh, getting ready for the postseason
0: yeah no doubt um and again I, I i told the guys before the show that we would spend no fewer than 30 minutes on the phillies failing to make the playoffs for the first uh for the 10th straight year uh second longest playoff drought in baseball so no we will uh, this is a this is an odd experience for a phillies fan to talk about playoffs um but we're gonna we're gonna plow ahead here and let's dive right in because we have a game as we are recording this podcast it's a few hours before the national league wild card game starts between the Dodgers. And the Cardinals. And so um, we're going to make a prediction on this game. And by the time you hear this podcast, that game will already have happened. So we'll either look really smart or really dumb. Uh, but it's a fascinating matchup because you've got a 105 win. Dodgers team the second best team in baseball this year now in a one game playoff with maybe the hottest team in baseball the St. Louis Cardinals who went on that kill crazy rampage at the end of September for a a one game playoff the Dodgers could win 105 games during the season and then they're out in one game before we get to the specifics of the game Brady. What is your take on the one-game playoff here? Because I'm sure Major League Baseball executives, they thought all this out and knew the possibility existed that you could get a 105-win team in a one-game playoff for their lives.
1: Yeah, honestly, I don't even care what the win total is. I hate a one-game playoff. Baseball is a, a long sport that doesn't hold up very well in short doses, just in terms of actually deciding who was a better team you play 162 games you play almost every day for six months and then your season comes down to one game i hate it even if it's a pair of 82 win teams facing off against each other with the dodgers having really one of the better seasons in modern mlb history that makes it kind of extra tragic uh if i can remove you know my giants element from it 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 is kind of tragic that they have one game where if a pitcher doesn't play well that's it. That's the season. That's 162 excellent games down the drain just because of one poor performance, one bad call by an umpire. Um, I just I don't like that format at all. I wish it were at least a three and ideally, honestly, just a five game series in the wild card. Mm-hmm.
0: And Chris, obviously, there are some negatives to having it be a longer series. The teams that did the best during the regular season end up sitting out for longer, and that can cause rust, as we've seen. So, uh, there's also the argument for the one-game playoff, and is that it? It's more excitement. It it's it brings more, uh, more of a do-or-die situation right away in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on on the one game versus a longer
2: series? I don't like the one game either. Um, I'm not real fond of the idea of expanding. The playoffs, uh, I know that's been uh, talked about too, but I I kind of enjoyed the three game series last year in the wild card round. I thought that was one of the uh, better parts of it, and I thought it added a little bit of excitement. Um, it's better than one game. Um, it's it's a little bit shorter than five, but I think that would be the sweet spot. Honestly, it gives a team like the Dodgers 105 games. It doesn't just come down to one bad inning. Um, you know, in a lot of respects. So uh, yeah, I like that.
0: Is there something to be said, though, for it feeling like a game 163? I mean, it, it's a and, and obviously the Yankees and Red Sox played the AL wildcard game. The Red Sox won. Garrett Cole, surprisingly, doesn't even make it out of the third inning. And, and your season is in is in t- shambles as soon as that happens. But there's something very exciting. And for the casual sports fan, maybe not for the baseball sports fan, but a, a casual sports fan, that kind of one game playoff for all the marbles really, really is one of the most exciting games in, in all of sports.
2: That's true. Um, you know, it, it's got that game seven feel, feel to it. Um, still, you know, I mean, you, like Brady said, you play 162 games, you know, it just kind of seems, um, you, you just had, you went 105 and you have you mm-hmm. get, uh, the unlikely, um, you're in a division where the team that won 107, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's my thinking. Um, as far as that goes, you're, you're right. Game 163s three's uh, you know, it's something we were all, I think we we're all kind of hoping for. Um, and it, it didn't materialize, uh, this time, but, you know, I just feel like, uh, I just feel like a three game wild card. Uh, even if you waited it, the, the first wild card, maybe all, they got all three home games. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think there's, I think there's ways to, to look at it, um, still. Uh, but I like the, uh, I like the three game format better than I, I do the just do or die.
0: You know, and I hear that. And I think three games would be a sweet spot. Five would be too long if if you're not going to do the one game series. I kind of dig the one game series. And I will look back to 1993 uh, and say that this is a better scenario than we used to have when in the NL West. You'll remember this, Brady, when when Atlanta edged out the the, the Giants uh, by winning 104 games to 103 games and the Giants didn't play a single postseason game that year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would have, uh, advocated for a one game playoff that year. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right. So let's look at this game, you know, and, uh, you know, the Dodgers, again, they come in having won 105 games. Um, it, it all comes down to one game against a Cardinals team that is, is absolutely on fire. And, you know, I, I've seen, a, I saw a couple articles uh, leading into the playoffs, whether the hot team actually manages to carry that through. And we, we remember that Rockies team in 2007, uh, that won I think it was 22 out of 23, but those are kind of the outliers. And it doesn't necessarily hold true that the hottest teams in September end up doing the best in October. So just on, on first blush, Brady, how do you look at this game tonight? Who, who do you like?
1: I like the Dodgers. Um, I'm, I'm always going to favor the the better team over the hot team, uh, especially in baseball. Um, I, I feel like, you know, maybe in football or basketball, I, I give a little bit more credit to the hot teams because to me, that can maybe mean that you've figured some things out from a chemistry standpoint, from a team uh, teamwork standpoint, or, or whatnot. I mean, baseball works a little bit more about the individual contributions. I'm just always going to favor the better team, man. And props mm-hmm. to the Cardinals for a historic end of the season. Um, but the Dodgers are simply the better team here, and they're the team at home. Um, but that said, you know, the, the good and bad of the one-game playoff is anything can happen. I would not feel comfortable with predicting a Dodgers win if they were playing the Diamondbacks or the Orioles. Uh, it's baseball. Any team can beat any team on any given day. Um, I think there is something to be said in a one-game playoff for a team like the Cardinals that does things very um, precisely and very carefully. They don't make mistakes. Uh, they're probably the best defensive team in baseball. Um, I think that can really benefit you uh, in a one game series or series with air quotes there, but um, and and it can help make up for for talent deficiencies, which, frankly, they and probably 28 other teams have when facing the Dodgers. Um, So no, no outcome here would surprise me, but I, I would definitely favor the Dodgers in this game.
0: Yeah, and Chris, uh, your starting pitching matchup which again always plays a big part. Although if you'd ask me Garrett Cole versus Nathan Ivaldi, I'm probably taking Garrett Cole in, in that situation. But you've got Adam Wainwright who, you know, found the fountain of youth this year going up against Max Scherzer who could win yet another Cy Young award. It's a phenomenal pitching matchup. Who do you like? Who, who do you think has the
2: edge? I mean, it's hard to go against Scherzer. Um, you know, in fact, you know, I would I'd be a, I'd lean a little bit uh closer to picking the Cardinals in this game if it if the Dodgers hadn't went out and gotten Max Scherzer you know I think that's the the best one game big game pitcher uh available and and he just happens to be starting tonight so you know that's no no offense to Adam Wainwright who's had an um, unbelievable season um and I expect him to be good tonight as well but you know to me if if they need Scherzer to go seven eight innings tonight he's going to go seven or eight innings tonight I'm expecting a, a pretty dominant performance
0: yeah uh, Scherzer has been unbelievable since joining the Dodgers too I mean he's been everything they could have asked for uh, reminiscent of Sabathia when the Brewers got him in 2008 and there have been some other pitchers that have gone on some crazy runs after a mid season trade coming over there and the Dodgers lineup just doesn't quit <laughs> there's, no, there, there's no easy unless you're you know once you hit Cody Bellinger maybe you, you can find an out there once in a while <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a dominant lineup and the Dodgers didn't win 105 games by accident this year so I would take the Dodgers too so um, let's uh, now we we can talk. Obviously, this uh, game will have been played by the time people hear it. Uh, the winner of this game will take on Brady's San Francisco Giants, the 107 win San Francisco Giants, managed by Gabe Kapler, former Phillies manager. Who and and I just you know. Kudos to Gabe Kapler. He, he's appeared on my podcast a number of different times when he was in, with the Phillies and, um, you know, was always uh, willing to speak to the media and was very honest. And just it was not a good mix for him in Philadelphia. It seems, Brady, like he's learned some things from his time in Philadelphia, that he's approached the Giants as a manager in a little bit of a different way. And he got the veterans to also jump into the wayback machine and, and play like it was 2014 again. What has Gabe Kapler done to take a team that you said was was earmarked for about 77 wins this year and win 107 games most in franchise history?
1: Truthfully, I think the biggest thing that Kapler has done is that he has shown not just a willingness, but an excitement to work hand-in-hand hand with the front office, with the baseball operations department, with the analytics department. Um, to me, in in this era of baseball, that's the most important trait that you can have as a manager is to see things eye to eye with your front office and be willing to make the decisions that they are pushing for in addition to the ones that you're making independently. And I think that's the biggest thing he's done. And and as a result, you know, what you've seen with the Giants, they have an enormous coaching staff. Um, They have 13 coaches in uniform on any given day. Um, They have a huge development staff, a huge analytics department. And they're really just retooling with players. They're reworking. And you hear the veterans like Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt and Buster Posey talking about how they're simply doing things from a coaching standpoint, not in the game, but out of the games that they'd never done before. Mm -hmm. One big thing they did is they, they overhauled the way that they do batting practice. Most teams just do soft pitches for batting practice so that you can work on your mechanics of your swing, the Giants have started throwing different speeds, different angles, um, different styles of pitches from the pitching machine so that you're actually emulating what you're experiencing in a game. Uh, And I think that's really the biggest thing that's happened is the Giants, since Farhan Zaidi took over in 2019, have become a more and more uh, modern team, a more analytically driven team, and they're taking modern approaches to coaching. And Gabe Kapler has bought into that 100%. And he's pushed it. And he has been very happy not being the smartest person in the room, which I think is a big issue for a lot of managers and a lot of coaches is they need to be the smartest person in the room. And Gabe Gapler has been very comfortable not being that person, very comfortable bringing in coaches that he thinks know more about certain elements of the game than he does, who are going to try new things and push the envelope. And uh, to me, that's where he's really stood out is he is not separate from The, you know, quote unquote, nerds that so many managers hate and so many players hate. He is working in unison with them. He's kind of a liaison between the front office and the analytics department and the players. And everyone has bought in as a result. And I think we're seeing a team that is now trending towards the Dodgers and the Rays in terms of um, evolution of baseball. And, And he's been a huge part of that.
0: That's what he was supposed to do in Philadelphia. And I think we've seen this year that um, some of the issues in, in the, the Phillies organization probably held him back some. And, you know, you learn a lot uh, through your after you're done with your first time through as managing a team. So uh, really, I mean, and Chris, an amazing job by 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 Kapler there in San Francisco as as someone who is who's not, you know, fan necessarily of the Giants, but a, a baseball fan and, a, and an observer of the Giants. How much do you believe in San Francisco? It seems like the entire baseball world was waiting for this Giants team to collapse or hit the skids or suffer a losing streak at some point, And they were remarkably consistent. Do you believe in them now? Or had they done enough to prove to major league baseball fans that they're for real?
2: I, I believe in them. Um, and the biggest thing is, is we saw injuries to Brandon Belt um, you know, and several key players over the over the season, and they just plugged people in. And I think that was the thing when the Braves played the Giants. The thing that was most impressive to me was their depth, and that was something, you know, it's something you think of uh, when you talk about the Dodgers. But I think it's every bit as true for the Giants as well. Um, you know, it was it was amazing, kind of interesting, especially for when you looked at an Atlanta team that you know pretty much played its regulars every single day. The Giants can mix and match. Uh, give you different looks, change up the batting order. You know, they come at you uh, left-hander on the mound, they stack it with right, righties, you know, and they were all effective. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're for real. Um, no doubt. Uh, they, uh, uh, I agree with Brady. I think they're a very forward thinking um, franchise now. Um, they don't, uh, to me, they don't make mistakes. They've, uh, they maximize what they have. And, you know, it was uh, also interesting to watch how they just churned away- waiver wire, and they they took mm-hmm. guys and got value out of them, and and moved on. So, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, hundred baseball. I mean, they everything went right. You know, they they did a lot of things good. They won 107 games. Maybe you know, maybe they overachieved a little bit, but I think that's a really really good baseball team uh, there.
0: Yeah, and and Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, uh, Buster Posey. I mean, all of those guys and, and Yostremsky, All those guys just. You know did did it all season long? it really it really was a remarkable remarkable season uh, from from that group of players. and you know so it based on, we'll get to predictions um on on the series of whoever comes out of the wild card taking on the giants at the end of the podcast. But um, I I wanted to touch on a couple of the other two teams uh, that we haven't talked about just yet. And uh, Chris, you are Atlanta Braves, uh, the national league East champions for the fourth straight year. Uh, It was a little bit more of a struggle for them this year. They obviously lost Ronald Acuna uh, midway through the season. He was having an MVP season. Um, but uh, they got an MVP caliber season from Austin Riley. Uh, they had other guys uh, step in. Freddie Freeman, after a slow start, really picked it up at the end of the season. And uh, they somehow found a way with their starting rotation. Charlie Morton at the end of the season really came on and I think was kind of the ace that they needed, the big game pitcher that that they needed. Um, how was Atlanta able to hold off the, the Phillies in the National League East this year?
2: Um well for one thing the, the Phillies didn't run away with it or the Mets didn't run away with it early uh cuz the Braves really scuffled or uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh you know credit to Alex Anthopoulos. He went out um and and replaced his entire starting outfield um from opening day uh big trade deadline they had a huge second half. I think they won 44 games in the second half. Um you know that it, they're a different team now than what they were over the first uh, 90 games of the season, and that's the that's the biggest thing. Max Freed got off to a slow start as well. He is, I think, Charlie Morton's overshadowed him a little bit, but it's Freed has been every bit the top of the rotation arm that Morton has, and and now they'll enter. Postseason with a, a solid one-two punch at the top, so you know this Braves team's—you know—they're playing the best they, they possibly they have all season. Um, you know, you can't replace the Ronald Acuna, uh, you know, so that that probably lowers their ceiling a little bit. But uh, you know, they hit their stride at the right time, and uh, luckily they were still within um, striking distance, and, and they took advantage.
0: Yeah, Brady, how scary a team are the Atlanta Braves for anybody in the National League playoffs right now?
1: I think they're a very scary team. I mean, they've got kind of everything that you want. You know, they haven't been as good maybe as certainly haven't been as good as the Dodgers and Giants. And and I think you can kind of argue back and forth about them versus the Brewers, but um even without that, they still have all the all the elements that you want in a successful postseason team. They've got a lot of individual talent, they've got a decent amount of depth, they're they're well managed, um, they have veterans, they have uh, experienced players who have been in in difficult situations before. Um, I think they're a team that that no one wants to face. But um, that's kind of the postseason this year, at least in the National League, is really it's five teams that no one wants to face. Uh, and, and the Braves, you know, what really stands out to me about them is is that there. You look down the roster, and there are a few players that you you just don't want to see, um, mm-hmm. especially in a postseason setting where you know maybe they didn't have as good of some of those players didn't have as good of a regular season as you might have been expecting but no one's going to want to face them with with the season on the line right um and and i think it's a it's a big testament to the job that that the team did that the that the front office did to to take acuna's injury and take an opportunity to rebuild and not take it and just throw it away and so many people were saying the braves are gonna be sellers at the at the trade deadline because of Acuna's injury and and they're kind of having a middling start to the season. And to their credit, they went out and did the opposite. They saw a, a division that was there for the taking. And even after a hit to such a great player, they made the moves necessary to rise to the top of the division. Um, and even if that division wasn't the strongest division, uh, <laughs> I still think they're a very scary team. They're they're a team that, um, you know, if you look at the record, I think they they very much underperformed the run differential, If if mm-hmm. I'm correct there. Yeah. um so i i think it's a team that i would not be surprised if their best days of baseball are, are still ahead of them
0: yeah i mean they have postseason experience obviously in the last 3 seasons um deep postseason experience there and uh you know, they were only up by about a game with about eight or eight or nine days left in the season, and put it into put it into overdrive and and swept the Phillies in a in a huge series. The Phillies had they swept the Braves in the, in that the second to last series of the season would have been in first place by half a game. There was a scenario where Atlanta might have had to have a a makeup game against Colorado and then play a game one sixty three in Philadelphia if the if, if things had gone a certain way. But they won that series very handily against the Phillies and then kind of coasted from there on out. So. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I, think Atlanta, I think Atlanta is kind of a snake in the weeds here and could definitely jump up and bite. It's a team of winners. I hate to say it, but I think that Atlanta Braves team is full of winning players and and they're going to they're gonna, uh, make some noise. And the team they're going to face in the, first, uh, in the first round of the playoffs is the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Brewers, man, they're kind of an old school throwback team in that this is a team based entirely on pitching. They basically have Three Cy Young contenders in Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. They don't have a whole lot on offense. Willie Adamas was essentially their best offensive player all year. You did not have a good season from Christian Yelich or Lorenzo Cain or Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, These guys that were supposed to be decent bats for them in the middle to the back end of, of their starting lineup did not perform at all this year, but the starting pitching was so good. Even though the Cardinals won all of those games at the end of the season, the Brewers still won that division really comfortably. So they they had put such a big gap between them and the Cardinals and everybody else beside them. It was a cakewalk for them really in the second half, which is there nobody's talking about the Brewers right now because you're talking about the Dodgers and the Giants and the the Brewers were great all season long. Brady, we we just talked about can can you believe in the Giants? Can you believe in a Brewers team that is extremely heavy with starting pitching and can run out three guys that can no hit you on any night? But really struggle to score runs in today's baseball.
1: I do trust them, um, and and the main reason I trust them is that I think having great pitching becomes an even bigger advantage in the postseason when you can shorten your roster, when you have so off days that are so much more frequent, when you can start testing the limits of your pitchers' arms because you know you don't need to keep them fresh for the next five or six months. Um, the Brewers are are a very legitimate team to me for that reason. That simply They won because of people like Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, and Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, and and Freddie Peralta. They're going to get to pitch more frequently now than they did in the regular season, which to me means the Brewers should be a better team in the postseason than they were in the regular season. And even though it's hard to imagine a team winning with an offense that often struggled as much as theirs did, they won all those games for a reason. And in my opinion, they're only going to be better now that they're in the postseason. Uh, And that's that's a very scary concept. Now, I hesitate to think of them going all the way because you do need to have the offense to lead you to wins in three different series in order for them to actually end with a trophy. Um, So that's going to be very hard for them. And, and, you know, there's a reason that they're not the favorites here. But when you have pitching that good and you can tighten your rotation like that, uh, that's a very scary baseball team to me.
0: Yeah, and Chris, the bullpen is no slouch either. You know, you've got Josh Hader, one of the best, one of the best closers in baseball. Um, it's always been the mantra in in the decades and centuries of baseball: starting pitching in the playoffs wins championships. Um, that's I think gotten to be less the case as time has gone on here over the last ten years or so. But that's what they've got. That is their strength, isn't it?
2: Yeah, no doubt, and it definitely gives you a chance to win. And I mean, Atlanta showed that over the uh, over has showed that over the. Love what the last uh not the recent years but you, you remember those the braves teams over the 90s they oh, did, yeah. They had that same um model and and this brewers team kind of kind of reminds me of those teams a little mm. bit um you know it's uh the bullpen like you said uh Devin williams that him getting hurt um that that's a blow uh but it's still a good group uh and no doubt and if you know if If they get a lead and they carry it into the late innings, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough task for the Braves. It's going to be a tough task for, you know, the Dodgers or the Giants, either one. Um, So, yeah, I think the reason a lot of people aren't talking about the Brewers is like you said, uh, they didn't have any drama down the stretch. They had that division sewed up. Uh, You know, the Braves and Phillies were still fighting it out. Dodgers and Giants went down to the last weekend brewers were sewn up and uh, you know and that's uh i think that's one thing I, they probably enjoy being overlooked honestly
0: yeah no for sure i mean there's the, the weight of expectations is not on them the way it is on the giants or the dodgers at this point they also have to feel a little bit of an exhale in that the and maybe this is not a real thing but uh the milwaukee bucks having won the nba championship the 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 anvil of carrying a city that does not have any you know, major sports championships on their back, that's gone. So, you know, that can add some pressure to a team. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a silly thing to talk about, but that can absolutely be a thing when a city is depending on you to break a long championship drought, you know, they, they can breathe a little bit easier knowing that, well, the city is satiated a little bit with having had the bucks win, win the championship. And maybe that's not a real thing, but um, it kind of feels like a thing to me, but um, we'll make predictions on this series and and the other series uh, coming up after the break. And, um, also coming up after the break, we're going to look at some of the players in the National League playoffs and do a little three-way snake draft. We're going to draft our mini fantasy NL baseball playoff team uh, coming up here in the next few minutes. and um which franchises most deserves a deep playoff run? All that coming up next here on the SB Nation National League playoff preview.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal.
0: And we're back on the SB Nation National League Playoff Preview, brought to you by T-Mobile. I'm joined by Brady Klopfer from McCubby Chronicles and Chris Willis of Talking Chop. And uh, we're going to go through some of the players in this uh, National League uh, tournament field. I mean, it's a a great group of players. I like the National League group of players more than I like the American League group of players. I think this is a more talented and diverse group of players. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do a four-round mock draft. We're just going to go four rounds here. So we'll be picking 12 players. I'm doing my math right. Four times three. Yes, I graduated from college. Um, We're going to we're going to start off and I'll go from uh, from uh, the the order on my screen. We'll start off with Chris. You'll have the one number one pick. Brady, you'll have the two pick. I'll have the number three pick and then we'll snake around. So I'll have three and four. And if any of you have ever played fantasy sports before, you know what I'm talking about. So you can ignore all that. So, um, Chris, why don't you why don't you lead us off? um, Just we're going to pick the best players in the National League playoffs, starting with you at number one here.
2: Uh, I give me Trey Turner. Um, You know, I mean, uh, we were talking about Scherzer earlier and somehow the Dodgers get Trey Turner as a as a throw in. And, uh, you know, I feel like uh, he's he ought to be being talked about as an MVP candidate more than more than he is. So,
0: yeah, I could never understand why they were disregarding him as an MVP candidate simply because he was traded at midseason. The argument was, well, nobody traded in midseason season has ever won the MVP. That's dumb. Of course, he could be the MVP. I <laughs> made no, never made any sense to me. All right, Brady, you're up. Pick number two.
1: I'm going Corbin Burns. I I just think oh. think the world of him as a pitcher. He's had such an incredible season, and if I'm putting him on the mound in any given game, I feel like I got a pretty darn good chance of winning that game. I,
0: I mean, absolutely. I mean, he's. Um, I think I don't know if he's the National League Cy Young front runner, but if he's not, he's certainly one or two at this point. Um, all right, that brings me it uh, brings it over to me here. I think, oh um, boy, it's uh, it's a good group of players here. I, I got to take Max Scherzer. I think in this case. I mean, I I know he's old. Um, he's been around the block a lot, but he I think he's got. You look for a starting pitcher that's going to give you that uh, that postseason experience. And Scherzer got that experience with the Nationals a couple of years ago, was dominant for them as they as they won the World Series. And um, I think he's probably, outside of Burns, the best starting pitcher in the National League playoffs at this point. So I will go with Max Scherzer with my number three pick. And then at number four, I'll take Mookie Betts. Um, you talk about a guy who's kind of flown under the radar this year. Nobody has really talked much about Betts. Um, he's, he hasn't had the dominant year that I think he's had in years past. Certainly not an MVP candidate. But um just is one is still one of the most dynamic and talented players on the field whenever he plays, and I think he I think he's a guy that could have a really big postseason series if the Dodgers are able to get by the the St. Louis Cardinals in the uh, in the wild card game. And, it, and again, we'll know that by the time you all hear this. So I got Scherzer and Betts picking number four and five. Uh, Brady, it's back to you for uh, pick number. No, part those three and four. You have pick five now.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a giant here. I've got to go with, with the player who's been the best player on the team that's been the best team this year, and and take Brandon Crawford. I, I think he's he's a guy who maybe doesn't do it with as much flash as some of the other MVP candidates, but he can win you a game with his glove. He can win you a game with his bat. Uh, he hits righties and lefties both pretty well. He's durable. He can play day in and day out. Uh, he's has a penchant for having some of his best moments come in in the biggest games of the season or the postseason. Uh, so I'm going to put him in there at at shortstop and I feel pretty good.
0: All right. I don't know that I would have had him that high. Uh, but I, I, I appreciate the, I appreciate the hometown loyalty and he was the best player on the best team in baseball this year. No doubt about it. I had to Um, wrap the giants a little bit. Yeah, I get you. I get you. No, I hear it. I hear you. Uh, (laughs) Um, Chris. All right. Now you've got two picks here. Uh, picks number six and seven.
2: All right. I'll take Freddie Freeman. Um, you know, he got off to, uh, Very slow start for him. Uh, A lot of bad luck, a lot of hard-hit balls. Um, You know, he's kind of floated through there. But he has been a big key uh, to the Braves' stretch run. Uh, He's back to his MVP level. Um, You know, there was a bunch of several good, extremely great MVP candidates in the National League. I feel like uh, Freeman set the bar pretty high. That's one reason he's kind of out of that discussion. Plus, Austin Riley stole – a little bit of uh, a little bit of his thunder, mm-hmm. and I will take um, with my next pick. I will take. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, let's go with. Uh, I'm going to take Max free. You know, wow. I think he's I think, right. he's. I think he's. I think he's. I'm. I'm being a little bit of the homer there. Um, <laughs> Third pitcher off the board. I like it. I like but, it. But but I think he's. Um, you know, I, I think if the Braves advance if they can get out of this first round um i think it's going to be he's gonna he's going to play a huge huge part in in their success all right freeman and freed to
0: atlanta braves going to the braves guy uh brady you got another giant in your pocket or are we going somewhere else
1: i'm gonna go with the dodgers unfortunately i think uh i'm gonna go with julio Arias here get another picture yeah he had an amazing year he just had an amazing year and you know he's one of those players where i feel like He's been projected for a few years to have the type of year that he had. And he's still pretty young. uh, That to me, it feels like what he did this year is what I think we can expect for him to be doing for the next few years.
0: That's fair enough. I mean, I remember, geez, he, he has been a name in baseball uh for years now going back to like 2012 2011 I mean just when when I know when when Cole Hamels was still on the Phillies there was always like a oh trade trade for Urias and the Dodgers would never give up Urias and now he's he's finally just still now uh emerged as a as a dominant starter all these years later it's just because he was so good so young uh in in the LA he only recently turned 25 that's right yeah. Still a baby. Unbelievable. All right. I can't believe Nolan Arenado lasted this long, but I'm going to take Nolan Arenado here. Um, you know, the best, the best third baseman in baseball. I have always thought of Aaron, Nolan Arenado as the closest thing this generation has had to Mike Schmidt with the way he is with the glove, the power that he always provides. I know, you know, there was always the Colorado effect on him, but he was always a guy that had really good road splits too. And we've seen in our, in, in St. Louis that he's still a really good offensive player, uh, and I think he's another guy that could could help the Cardinals go on a on a deep run if, if they were able to get by the Dodgers in the wild card game. Um, and I'm going to take a picture for my for my last one. Give me Charlie Morton in a big game, man. I'll take Charlie Morton. I don't know that he's the fourth best starter in this group. But if you are a starting pitcher that has a reputation as a big game guy. I kind of want that guy starting baseball games for me in the postseason. Uh, He did it with the Rays last year. He did it with the Astros before in the the series against the Phillies in the last week of the season. Charlie Morton shut them down. It was was a fantastic performance. He's 37, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, and went over 200 strikeouts again this year.
2: Mm -hmm. That's great.
0: it's crazy. I mean, what an what an unbelievable talent he is, and to do it so late in his career uh, is is really incredible. So I go, I'll go with Arenado and Morton uh, to finish off my four picks. Uh, Brady, back to you for one more.
1: I got to finish out with the Giant and go with Buster Posey here. I almost went with Max Muncy, which would have very much angered the fan base. <laughs> um, Max Muncy, an incredible hitter, but I I got to go with Buster Posey. I think you know, especially since we're having a postseason discussion here. You know, Posey's proven to be an incredible contributor in the postseason. And the thing that that is great about Posey when you're dealing with a five or a seven game series is he gets so much of his value uh from calling games and from framing pitches that, you know, there are so many MVP candidates where they might go over 3, 0 for 4, 2 or 3 games in a row, and, and they're not going to have an impact on your five game series. With Posey, even if he doesn't have a hit, you know he's going to be providing a lot of value just from what he's doing behind the plate there.
0: No doubt about it. And really an incredible season from him uh, with, uh, you know, when you think he's on the downside of his career, put up a, just an incredible season uh, for, for the Giants. So good pick there. I like Buster Posey um, in that spot. All right, uh, Chris, you've got the last pick of the draft here. Who are you finishing up with?
2: Uh, I'll take Corey Seager. Um, just uh, what he did in postseason last year, uh, just a big time player. I think he's, uh, you know, he's he's played well down the stretch. I think if the Dodgers advance too, he's going to be a big part, especially now with the Muncie hurt, uh, you know, he's going to have to play a, a bigger, a bigger role. So, uh, I'll, I'm glad to get him with my fourth pick.
0: Yeah. And I guess, uh, how is, I think I saw something along the lines, Max Muncie, uh, renowned, uh, quick, quick healer. If the Dodgers are able to get past the wildcard game that he would hopefully be available relatively soon for Los Angeles. But, Um, remains to be seen. We'll see how he does. All right. So, so Chris went with, uh, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Max Freed, Corey Sigger, pretty good start there. Uh, Brady went, uh, uh, Burns, Crawford, Urias and Posey. And I went Scherzer, Betts, Arenado, Morton. Um, needless to say, all these guys uh, could have a huge impact, uh, in the national league playoffs here over the next, over the next month or so. All right. Um, so, Obviously, you've got a bunch of teams here in the Dodgers, in the Cardinals, the Giants um, and the Braves. They've all had recent success, right? They've they've had. Uh, the Giants won uh, three World Series in five years. Uh, the Dodgers won the World Series last year. St. Louis won the World Series in, in 2011. And the Braves have won four straight division titles. It's been a while since they've won a World Series. Uh, and then you look at the Milwaukee Brewers, a team that hasn't... Uh, geez, I don't even you know remember the last time Milwaukee, when they were the Braves, uh, won a title. I don't remember what year that was. But obviously, the Brewers, as a franchise, have never, have never won a World Series. Came close in 1982. Weren't able to pull it off. Which fan... Wait, wait, I guess not fan base, but which franchise do you guys think is the most deserving of getting to the World Series this year, Brady? Let me let me start with you. Um and let's be honest. Let's be honest here.
1: You know, it's it's been a huge drought here for the Giants, so they're very, yeah. very clearly deserving. Yeah. You know, only only three World Series is in rough in, for the uh, fan base out there in, in San very Francisco. Tough. There are there are, you know, like fourth graders that have not experienced a Giants World Series so it's, it's, tough. it's tough out there. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm going to go with Atlanta to be honest. I mean I think Milwaukee is kind of the easy pick here but for me Atlanta is as an organization they've done things very well for a very long time. They've um you know they've drafted well, they've developed well. They've unlike many teams that have had World Series droughts, they've spent money. They've they've done what you need to do to have good players. I don't have a lot of sympathy for the teams that have long playoff droughts because they've been Unwilling to spend money on good players, unwilling to keep their players. Um, I don't have a lot of sympathy for those teams, but, but a team like Atlanta, they've been consistently in the playoffs most years since they last won the world series. And even though it's not the longest drought out there, to me, they're a team that's, that's done what is needed to regularly win a world series or to regularly compete for a world series. And so I think, I think they deserve deserve that opportunity here after all these years of putting forth a competitive team.
0: Yeah, and I guess you look at it. I mean, even though they had that long run of National League East titles in the Maddox, uh, Glavin, Smoltz years, they had one championship out of that out of that whole mix. And they've had some crushing defeats in the playoffs over the last few years too. So, um, I, I get that as as a Phillies fan, it, it it hurts me a little bit. But I I do I will agree that the Atlanta fan base has been snake bitten a little bit here uh, in recent seasons. And Chris, um, coming to you as a as a guy who covers the Braves, uh, is
2: is that where you're at as well? Uh well I'm sure I'm admitting my bias up front yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but you you know you were talking about a, a whole city with Milwaukee earlier and the uh the Bucks kind of getting the Brewers off the off the schneid, you know we're still recovering from a Super Bowl loss um <laughs> that was that was still haunts everybody um you know Georgia lost in, in heartbreaking fashion in the national championship game uh a few years ago too those 90 Braves, I mean the first ones especially 91 that's one of the best all-time World Series, you know, this yeah. is a fan base. They've been through a lot up and down ups and downs um you know, I think it would it would do wonders for the city. Uh the Hawks got everybody excited uh in the playoffs last year. You know, I think uh it's still the Braves. Braves are still the the biggest um, the biggest brand there in my opinion. So it, it, every, the whole city will get excited if the Braves make a deep run. We saw it a little bit last year getting back to the NLCS, but you know, it's just always, it just seems like uh, that, that other shoe drops <laughs> on an Atlanta sports franchise. And that's, that's kind of something we'd like to put behind us. So, you know, with all due respect to the Brewers, um, who, who I don't think have ever won it. Uh, you know, I think it's gotta be Atlanta.
0: No. And Atlanta having, uh, having a three, one series lead in that, uh, in that NLCS last year, um, my, am I remembering that right? Yeah, Braves. The Braves yeah. had a three to one. Yeah, had a three one yeah. NLCS series late last Thank, year against the Dodgers. Thanks for bringing team. that up, John. I just <laughs> no, I was just checking my math is all I was doing there. No, and it just and the infield fly roll game uh, back in uh, you know a few years ago was uh, yeah. was certainly a heartbreaker. So I mean, I get it. I'm going with the Brewers. I I feel like this is a Brewers team that um, I don't think has a great shot to get to the World Series, specifically because I I think the offense is, is going to be a problem. But I think if you're looking at a franchise. I, I would love to see the Brewers in, in the World Series. I think it would be uh, just cool to see a different team in there, a different team in the mix, uh, a Brewers franchise that hasn't been to a World Series since 1982, like I mentioned before, uh, does not have a long history of success. I remember growing up watching watching baseball in the, the late 80s, 90s, 2000s, the Brewers were an afterthought in baseball. I mean, they were just they were just kind of there. They were not an impact franchise in any way, shape, or form. And now they are routinely one of the better teams in baseball but have yet to get to the... To the World Series. They got close a couple of times, uh, made it to a couple uh, NLCSs, but um, never able to break through. So I would say I think the Brewers are the most deserving of a deep postseason run here uh, in 2021. All right, let's finish up the show with some predictions. So again, we don't know as we're recording this if the Dodgers are, or Cardinals are going to win the wild card game, but we all have picked the Dodgers to win that wild card game. Let's say the Dodgers win that game and they match up against the Giants. Brady I can't imagine you're going to be Losing your mind uh, first of all The fan base is one of the greatest Rivalries in Major League Baseball Maybe the greatest rivalry in Major League Baseball Right now I don't think there's anyone that comes close To that I mean you could say Yankees Red Sox But I think it's more visceral between Giants and, And Dodgers right now You look at these two teams a 107 Win team going up against a 105 Win team in a five game postseason series Wow who comes Out on top in a five game series between Those two teams
1: this is an impossible question for starters. Uh, <laughs> and I just realized too, as you were saying that we, that we've been short selling the Dodgers, not something that people normally do, but it, it was actually 106 wins for the Dodgers. I just realized because the right. Giants only finished one game ahead of That's them right. in standing. So virtually equal. Um, you know, to me, this is as close of a series as you can get. Uh, I do think, you know, if I can set aside my biases, I do think that the Dodgers are a better baseball team than the Giants. Um, you know, their run differential was still pretty comfortably above the Giants, even if they lost all of one game fewer. Um, So I do think they have a slight edge there um, in in talent and ability. But the Giants have the home field advantage here, which I think is especially big in a in a five game series. Um, so maybe this is my bias showing. But between that home field advantage, between the fact that the Giants won the season series, even if it was just 10 to nine, as close as you can get, <laughs> um, and the fact that. You know, the Dodgers are without Clayton Kershaw and very much might be without Max Muncy, even though the Giants are also without Brandon Belt. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go with the Giants here. I I think the home field advantage and I think they the way that Gabe Kapler manages, I think they will greatly benefit from having the off days and being able to really rely heavily on going to their bullpen early in games if they need to, knowing they have those rest days. This is a Mm -hmm. team that won a lot of games with management and with pulling the right strings with platoons, with pinch hitters, um, with getting the right bullpen matchups. And I think when you have those extra off days where you can really use players as much as you need to, I think that's a a little bit of a benefit that pushes us in the Giants' favor. So um, acknowledging that I am extremely biased here and extremely excited (laughs) and scared for potentially the first Giants-Dodgers postseason matchup, um, I'm going to give the Giants a slight odd, odd, slight edge here while acknowledging that I do think the Dodgers are the better team.
0: Okay, and if it's the Cardinals, I imagine you're also taking the Giants if, if, if Samuels advances. Okay. Um, all right, Chris, over to you. Uh, if it's the Dodgers, uh, boy, a five-game series against the Giants, who are you taking there?
2: Uh, man, it's almost like a, a coin flip uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I think... If you had told me this, if I asked me this question a week ago, I think I would have took the Dodgers. Uh, but with Kershaw injury, and I'm not real confident that Max Muncy's going to be there either. Um, I'm going to go with Johnson, probably five games and just an epic, epic series mm. is the way I'm looking at it. Uh, you know, I think it it may come down to that fifth game, and it being in San Francisco uh, could be the difference
0: and i guess same thing with you if the cardinals uh, beat the dodgers in the wild card you're taking the giants over the cardinals as well
2: yes that's great
0: yeah I, and i'm the same way i i've i i think i'm going to take the giants over the dodgers as well in a five game series like you guys said it's a it's going it would be a really unbelievably tight matchup uh between those two teams and i think for no other reason than the giants have that pixie dust working once again this year they had it in 2010 2012 2014 man it feels so similar to those seasons uh, i i just uh I, and the Dodgers won the World Series last year. They 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 got theirs, and so I, I think uh, I think and as a as a again as a Philadelphia sports fan, Gabe Kapler having success in the playoffs would twist the knife a little bit, which you know I've come to expect in life. So um, I have the Giants. Uh, I have the Giants advancing past the first round, no matter who they play, the Dodgers uh, uh, or the Cardinals. All right. Um, in the other series, uh, Braves uh, Brewers, um, very interesting matchup, Chris. Um, can your Braves, uh, can your Braves take the the five game series against Milwaukee? Will they do it?
2: Um, I think they can. Um, you know, it's it's going to be. I expect a lot of one run games in this series, and with Atlanta's bullpen, that gives me a little bit of a pause. Uh, but I think their offense is significantly better than, than Milwaukee's, and um, so I think that's going to be the difference in the series. I've got the Braves, Braves in. Uh, they'll still one in the first two games and win the win the series in four. Um, I think they can get it done. I think their experience comes through and uh, the new additions they have put them over the top.
0: All right, Brady, how about you? Braves, Brewers, and in how many games?
1: I'm going with the Brewers here. Uh, I just really trust that top of the rotation. Uh, I just, as, as good as Atlanta's offense is, I just really trust that that Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta can can really shut the door on them and, and uh, like Chris said, I think they're going to be low-scoring games regardless, um, and certainly Atlanta has the offensive edge there, and, and there's there's a very good chance since Atlanta has good starting pitchers there, there's there. and Milwaukee has pretty lackluster offense, I think there is a very good chance that Milwaukee just ends up not scoring in this series and, and the Braves take it. But uh, having that good a pitching to me is just such an advantage when you can shorten your rotation. So I'm going to go with Brewers in four.
0: And I'll take the Braves in five here. I, I think the Braves are, are a hot team right now. I do think the Brewers having coasted a little bit here towards the end of the season, uh, they, they may not be coming in quite as sharp. And I really do think you need more of an offense than the Brewers have to go on a deep playoff run. So I'll take the Braves. I think it'll I think it'll go five games. I think the Braves will will win in Milwaukee in game five. Uh, but I, I agree with you guys. I think they will be low scoring affairs. Um, all right. So real quick, we've got about like a minute left. Who represents
1: the National League in the World Series this year? Brady. I gotta go with the Giants. I'm tempted to say the Brewers here, to be honest, just because um, you know, there there's a chance uh that that they could end up not having to face the Giants or the Dodgers, which I, I think most people agree are the two best teams in baseball right now. And and if the Cardinals were to pull off two upsets, which is unlikely, but is still certainly a chance, then the Brewers would have a path that doesn't face either of the 106 or 107 win teams. And that certainly is a thing in their favor. But uh, to me, you know, the Giants 107 wins and they have home field advantage throughout here. Um, In what I expect to be a very close postseason, I think having that home field advantage gets it done. And
0: San Francisco is a really tough place for opponents to play. Uh, And it's become more of a hitter's ballpark out in San uh, San Francisco this year, which has been uh, pretty interesting to see. All right, Chris, how about you? Who comes out of the
2: National League? I'm going to say the Giants. Um, you know, if the, this Braves team had Ronald Acuna, Mike Soroka, you know, it, the answer might have been different. Uh, but ultimately, I think the Giants are the are the team this year. I think they've got everything going for them. They've got uh, a solid home field advantage, as you just mentioned. And, um, you know, I think I think they're, they're the team that's going to come out of that now.
0: And my prediction, you know what, I'm going to be a, I'll, I'll be a little different. I'll just throw a different monkey wrench in there. Like, give me the Atlanta Braves. I think the Atlanta Braves go to the World Series. Um I I saw I saw a lot I like from them. I think they've got good balance in the starting rotation and offensively. Um I I think they get by the Brewers and then you know, I think I do think the Giants I, I run into a, a little bit of a wall with the Atlanta starting pitching. Um, and uh, I don't know. It just seems too easy to pick the Giants, all three of us picking the the top seed in, in the National League. So uh, give me the upset. Give me the Braves going to the World Series uh, over the Giants uh, in uh, in a six game series. Um, to uh, represent the National League and uh, and win the pennant, get back to the World Series. So, Alright folks, that's going to do it for this uh, episode. The SB Nation National League Playoff Preview brought to you by T-Mobile. My thanks to Brady Klopfer and Chris Willis uh, for joining me here on the podcast. and uh, We've got an American League uh, Playoff Preview for you to catch as well so uh, we'll be breaking down everything in the American League Playoffs as well. Make sure you check that out on Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast. Thanks everybody for tuning in and enjoy the postseason.